we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to the sit down at the Purely Arsenal podcast. We're for a post match review. 2 2 draw at West Ham. A little bit down in the dumps, but I'm here and I'm joined by returning guest Adam Keys. You can find him on his Twitter page, which just is removed from my phone at at Adam Keys underscore Adam, how are you, sir? I'm uh, mixed feelings this morning, Jack. So yeah, it's probably not as down as I was yesterday because I've got real life to focus on for the next few days. But yeah, I absolutely got it with that performance. So I'm, I'm sure you're feeling pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty guided. I, I was less guided than I thought I would be leading into the game. I, for some reason, had this sort of feeling, for some reason, that we, we may not win. Um, I, it was mainly based off the feeling that we would we would absolutely need to do something at the Etihad. I just had this sort of knack that, that, that we may not may not win. But then, obviously, when, when you see the game and we're 2-0 up after 10 minutes, um, I probably reevaluated that. <laughs> um, but I shouldn't have done. I should have realised that my, my, my feeling was sort of set and correct. But... Last week, Adam, we um, you weren't on the podcast, but I'm sure you talked about the Liverpool game um a lot with, with, with with other people, and it was real a debate about you know whether it was a point gained or 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 or, or not, or, or you know two points dropped, and I think there was quite interesting arguments on both sides of that. This week, there's no debate about it. This week, it's definitely two points dropped. Um, you should be winning against teams against um a West Ham away. They've been a pretty poor side for majority of the season. Um, and uh, they just lost 5-1 at Newcastle at home. I know they had the win against Fulham away, but generally speaking, they had a mid- game in midweek where they played half their first teamers. Um, so we should be going there and 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 bossing that game and winning it relatively comfortably, at least coming away with the three points. So my uh, well, question, first question to you is: um, Do you feel now we've like we've had we're on a brilliant run? We've had seven wins, two draws out of the last nine. I think some perspective needs to sort of come into play at some point. But do you feel now, in truth, the momentum's shifted into Man City's uh, favour in the title race. We're still four points clear, but we've got to play them. Obviously, technically, it's in anybody's hands, but momentum's such a big thing in the, in the title race at this stage, and I don't think it's been so long since we've been in this stage, but uh, I know that from, from being in previous title races under you know Arsenal. I can think back 20 years. I'm not that old just yet. So what's your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, I think the the momentum has definitely swung with that result. I, I think it's not just the the result itself, but to throw away a two goal lead that psychologically is big, and it's two weeks in a row that we've done that. So Anfield was a different story. We lost that game because or drew that game because Liverpool were fantastic. The I think the crowd got us in the second half. And I don't think we were as bad as people made out in the second half. I think the game was a lot more even. That, because I, I've done a bit of a rewatch on that. And I, I think we were actually quite good. At the point when Liverpool were good, they were really good. And Whereas West 10, Ham... 15, yeah. yeah, against West Ham, I don't think West Ham were good. I think we were really bad. And again... 
We had 72% of the possession yesterday. Did, did it feel like that to you? Did it feel like we had that much of the ball? No, we didn't create much, did we, really? Other than yeah. the, the, the early 10 minutes, 15 minute point. Yeah, so I think that's, for me, is the reason I can feel a bit of a momentum swing. It's not so much the drop points. It's the way we've dropped them, the way we've played. And City will be looking at that and thinking, we're bossing games now. We're blowing teams away, and Arsenal have that ability to concede a couple of goals and throw a wild lead. And I think I saw a great tweet yesterday from yourself, which was at 2-0, we were playing 3-0 football. And I think that tweet summed it up. And uh, that was, to me, at 2-0, it was just complete overconfidence. We were popping the ball around. Jesus was getting a lot of praise for playing right back, playing centre mid. I don't want Jesus in that position. I want him up stretching a defence, drifting out left to support Martinelli, pulling defenders the other way and just creating those gaps, which he was doing early on. And we just really, we just got far too complacent. And then right before the goal, they had their break and um, Big Gabby dealt with it very well. And then it goes to party, and yeah, well, we all know what happened there. Yeah. So yeah. So so, what's your feeling on this? Oh, um, that's nice when you ask back. I like that. Um, I should tell, <laughs> I should tell Neil and James to do that more often. Um, yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because you, you say that, and I, even when writing that, I was like, I couldn't explain it though. I'm like. I know, I know what I'm thinking. I know I feel we're playing three 0 football, but I can't explain it. They they know the implications and how big these moments are. They're very aware of it. They talk about it all week. I'm sure Mikel Arteta drills it into them. How they it's clearly they know. It's not a lack of effort. It's not a a feeling that they're super superior. I heard some um sort of bloggers say things like you know there, there was this excess excess cockiness, but I, I feel like that's almost you know um. I just don't see that from from our group, you know. I think they, I think they're so young; they've never been there. They realise just how large these moments are. Whether it was, um, you know, maybe we maybe we did just feel it was so easy in that early stages. We were just popping the ball about one two touch. They weren't getting anywhere near us, and then um, for some reason we just took our foot off the pedal. And I think one thing I'd say with Arteta teams is when we lose the momentum within game, I think we find it quite hard to shift back. And I think what you've seen against sort of um, um, Liverpool or even in this game when we went to 2-2 and there was plenty of time left in fairness you never really felt and believed that we would not not necessarily score but just shift the momentum back where we would dominate the game and although we had a lot of the ball we really didn't create very much at all despite all the changes all the attacking changes and I just found um you know, we're not very good at in in game management at, at switching and 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 when you've lost the, the control of a game, regaining that control, and maybe that's partly to do with youthfulness not being there. But I find it really difficult to explain um, the three nil football thing at two nil. But it's infuriating, especially in a game like this where you're like literally like they literally couldn't get out of their own half. One more goal would have completely killed it, or if not, just just being really sensible on the ball would have really really killed it. And I just think. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, notoriously with league titles, especially in recent years, um, you know, teams aren't conceding goals, aren't losing leads from 2-0 up. They're not conceding as many goals as we have. I know we've still got a pretty de- decent defensive record. We might be like third in the league or something like that. But we're, we're conceding a lot more goals now. And I think, you know, the Saliba injury and, 
you know, Zinchenko was obviously out today. Those injuries aren't helping, but we're, we're conceding more chances too. Even if you look at like the Leeds game at home and the Palace game at home, we're conceding far more chances than we used to um, earlier in the season. And I think the XG bears that out and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating. It feels like, Adam, it feels like it's going in, you know, a direction some people could liken it to last season and how we got sort of dropped off last season. Obviously, that was fighting for top four. This is fighting for the title. And don't get me wrong, we're absolutely... Um, you know, unbelievable to be in a in a race that we never thought we would be in at the start of the season. But at the same time, there's going to be those critics out there, and I don't know what you think about it. Is um that will that will say things like, oh, you know, we don't have the the steel for it, we don't have the mindset to full thrill it through. You know, we we faltered at the latter stages last season. You know, when the pressure's really on, we may do it. We look like we're going to do it again, and all these sort of um these adages. I, I don't know if you agree with that or, or disagree with that. I, th- I do think some perspective is needed, but I'm very frustrated. Yeah, I think it's, it, we obviously need perspective because we didn't expect to be in this position at all. However, I think if we threw away a two goal this time last year, or even the year before when we were in and around eighth, we would be equally frustrated. And I think injuries, of course, play a part, but I, I think whenever you're 2-0 up and in complete control, then I'm not having the injury line this time. So I think Saliba's a massive... Uh, he's definitely been a massive loss for us. I think uh, Zinchenko was yesterday at 2-1 because that's where you want him to, in midfield, just kind of giving us that extra bit of control. However, I mean, we were 2-1 up. We had a penalty. We, If that penalty goes in, I think we do go on and win that game quite comfortably. But it was, even the second goal, they didn't really create anything. They they came out fairly strong, but there weren't loads of chances that you thought, like Ramsdale wasn't pulling off a lot of saves in the way against Leeds he made a couple, against Palace he made a couple, against Liverpool he made far too many. But yesterday I didn't feel that they were really creating. And we had a lot of the ball again. So I think Palace play or um, West Ham played 222 passes. We played something like 590. So when you look at it in that kind of context, crazy. we had loads of the ball. And again, I've seen a lot of Rob holding hit online. And I think he didn't do anything particularly badly yesterday. I think it comes down to what Rob, Rob Holding can't do as opposed to what he does. So you know he's a limited defender. He's going to uh, go aggressively for his challenges in the air and so on. But the issue is he he prevents us playing that high line where we can really smother a team and like, box them in. And again, if you look at City on... Saturday night, City at times had every defender 10 yards inside the Leicester half. Uh, With Rob Holding, I just don't think we're comfortable doing that. And again, if you look at other games when we've played, Saliba's been the one really driving us forward. Him and Big Gabby are well into the opposition half. That just can't happen with Holding, and I think it restricts Ben White a bit. It definitely impacts Gabrielle's performance. And But yeah, all in all, I think there there is perspective needed, but I think when you drop a two-goal lead against a side that are that poor, you have to remember we've won two games quite comfortably against teams in and around that area with Rob Holding in the team. 
And then we've gone to Anfield and got a draw with Rob Holding in the team. So we should be beating West Ham from a, a 2 0 when we're in position. And the other player coming into the team is Kieran Tierney, who's been one of our best players for the last three years. And I, I thought he was very solid defensively. He made a number of very good blocks against Antonio. He made a good recovery early in the game. And he put a great ball in for Jesus in the second half that he didn't get to. So all in all, I think, yes, we need perspective. But we also need to remember we have thrown away a 2-0 lead against the side battle and relegation. So I think there's perspective in terms of where we are and it's not all the end of the world. But there's also perspective that we've thrown away a a two-goal lead. So I think there's we, we can be proud of the team and not it's it's not attacking the team. It's just being constructive in that. It's and, exactly what the players said after the game as well. Yeah. They, they, they're saying the same thing. Did, did you have concerns though now? But they're, they're obviously concerns, um, you know, after uh, two results like this. But do you have concerns in terms of our, our confidence to see out games? Yeah, I, th- I think that's natural. I, I think it's one of those we could go to a place at Hampton at the weekend and we could absolutely blitz them. And suddenly that swagger comes back into our game. And I think there's now going to be that, I guess, mental block at 2-0 until we get a third goal where we're not going to be confident seeing games out where a bit of doubt's going to creep into players' minds. That'll be in the fans' minds too. I think dropping a two-goal lead at Anfield, that's to be expected. I think if someone's 2-0 up at the Emirates and... Arsenal get a goal just before half time. The whole crowd are behind the team. The players start to believe. And that's kind of natural when you play against a big team. However, I think the West Ham one's going to create the doubt. And until we probably go get a third, get a fourth, that will keep happening. And <laughs> the real doubt imagine we went 2 0 up against City. Everyone's going to be. There is going to be that doubt until I'll take that. Until the final. I mean, I would absolutely take it. it. So (laughs) if we if we were two nil up against City and we drew two each, I would not be complaining. But it's um, yeah. I think where do you stand on this? Do you think the is the doubt there in your head or? Well, it, it is a little bit, but like you said, in this game, it didn't really feel like you know we were being pummeled or anything like that. But I think you know if, if there's a, a slight mental mental block, I do I do think the team suffered from the, the couple of changes that that we made. But again, it's not excuses. But I think a lot of the players that play regularly were poor. Part Thomas Party was poor. He was hauled off at sixty minute uh, point. I thought Saka was very poor. I'm, I'm stunned that he stayed on the pitch. And I I love Bakayo Saka, but yeah. I couldn't I couldn't believe he was still on the pitch. I couldn't believe he wasn't the first sub off. And then when we made five subs and he was still on, I was really surprised. And when we're going for games like that, I do sometimes always think that Granit Xhaka maybe is an option to to take off certainly before Odegaard just because of the creativity level so I found a few of our subs again again hindsight's a fantastic thing with this we all look clever in hindsight it's very difficult in the moment to make the right subs at the right moments but I, I do I did find them a little bit odd for the players that he was bringing off and the, and the timing of them a little bit um, and then I just think our progress Paul obviously Zinchenko was a late um, withdrawal or relatively late I mean we didn't know about it yesterday at least um um, so, and, and whilst I think Kirantini is a good left back, in terms of our build-up play, it obviously hurts us, I think. And it hurts us in terms of his ability to just drop into central midfield. I think Tierney 
quite ad- admirably try has tried to do that role, but it's obviously not natural to him. Um, I thought he did it quite well early on when the team was good, but then you know, uh, you know, the team started to play really poorly. Not just not just Kieran Tinney. So I just found it quite um, frustrating. Yeah, so I am. I'm, I'm concerned because you know we. we We've been notorious this season for being a team that goes up and, and and wins games and doesn't concede late goals. And I think we've been up to last week we'd conceded the least late late goals in the in the in the league. Uh, you know, in the last fifteen minutes of games. You know, when we when we when we went up in games, we just saw it out, and it was it was just the way it was. And we did it by suffocating teams and keeping the ball. And I just feel um, I think Arteta said after the game that he just felt we were passing the ball for the sake of the passing the ball. And I think that's true. There was no purpose to it. After 25 minutes, it was just like, there was no purpose to it. We didn't continue to try to dominate them. We just tried to just just play out the game, really. And it was far too early to be doing anything like that. And you're going to make mistakes. And and, and that's ended up what, what, what we ended up doing. And they found an, a little bit of energy, you know, notorious after Thursday night games. If you remember, you always start quite slowly. And uh, I, I was thinking about that as well. I was like, they've started really slowly here. We need to take full advantage. And we didn't quite do it. And when and when they started to find their energy again, they got maximum reward as soon as they did, which which was our fault. But I also think, I mean, if we talk a little bit on the game, just before we do, I hate, I hate doing it, but it's complete complete tradition. I think you posted something about it um, midweek. The last, not the last two-two, but another two-two game. Well, let's do one trivia question in um, Arsenal West Ham history at West Ham was in two thousand and two. I think you posted Thierry Henry's goal from the two. Yeah, I did. Game. Do you remember who scored the other goal? Because it's quite similar Sil- to Sylvain Wiltord. Yeah, another great goal, wasn't it? Three, three minutes after Henry's equaliser, our yeah. first goal. Yeah. So yeah. Funny. Yeah, good so, yeah, man. I, and, I, I do you remember posting this? <laughs> do you remember either of their goals? Do you remember either who scored either of their goals? Because we went two 0 down in that game, so it was similar but yeah, reversed. And there was also ah. a penalty missed in that game from from West Ham, which was quite interesting. Um, I, d- I don't. Who, who it was, was this? Uh, Joe Cole scored the opener, and then uh, uh, Canute scored their second goal. But then he also missed the penalty, which was quite interesting. Um, I always remember the. I don't remember the Canute goal, but I remember the Cole goal. It was like this whipping left foot shot that sort of went in the bottom corner. But um, that game, I remember quite well. I just couldn't remember if that game. For some reason, I was thinking it was two thousand and three, but it was part of the two thousand two two thousand three season. That was what was. For, I think it was really early on in the season. It might have been like the yeah. second game of the season or something. But um, yeah, it was uh, that Omri goal was unbelievable. But Will Tours was was fantastic too, to be honest. But. Um, but sorry, back to the game. But the, the first two goals were fantastic, weren't they, Adam? I mean, they were they were brilliant moves, just like Arsenal do. Um, they look again; it did look too easy in a way. But Jesus, Odegaard, they were fantastic. Ben White again getting forward really, really well. And it looked like we 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 brushed off the Liverpool draw in the second half. You know, sort of um, um, defensive display that we had there pretty, pretty quickly, didn't it? It looked like it was fantastic. Couldn't have gone any better in that first ten minutes. Hundred percent, I think. Um... We had, it was one of those, first minute was a bit mixed. Rice came in, charging with a, a fairly strong tackle on Jesus. Party gave a ball away very poorly in the first minute as well. And I was thinking it's going to be one of those. And then a couple of minutes later, we had a chance for Big Gabby. And about 30 seconds after that, we score. And the goal itself was just, it was playground football. That was everything just looked so good. The ball across from Pardee. There's some great work from Odegaard, but right before that, where he kind of skips around a couple of players and it, it starts, Tierney's inverted at that point. And it was one of those, I, once the ball goes out to Saka, 
there's Saka, Partey, Ben White and Odegaard all involved in that. And then Jesus is in the nine position, which is, as I've said earlier, that's where I want him to be, is in there causing trouble in the box. And then the same with the next goal. Uh, ball comes in, beautiful ball from Martinelli. And just a, it's such a nice finish from Odegaard. But again, Jesus is there. He can square that ball to Jesus or he can score. And again, if you're Fabianski, you're thinking, is he going to shoot? Is he going to pass this? And he's completely lost at that point. Kind of just needs to hit the target. And I thought, I, I rang my dad at that point and I was like, we're going to win this 5-0. They're there for the taking. And um, it, it was one of those, I genuinely thought we were going to just tear that game apart and go on and... You started thinking about goal difference, didn't you? Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. So, so and, yeah. Um, so, how were you feeling at that point? I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to deny I had those thoughts. I mean, when you go two and a half in ten minutes, you start to go, okay. Uh, we, you know, can, can we can we get three or four even, and just just sort of settle the goal difference a little bit, bring it back to within touching distance almost. But I remember about the fifteenth minute, the commentator started saying something silly like, "Oh, Arsenal have never, you know, you know, lost from a position or something like this, some sort of data stat," and I was like. So I was like, shut up, shut up. I don't, I don't want to hear it, you know. So I started muting it. So I am quite, I am quite a pessimist when I'm watching games. I'm like, it's no way near over. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'll get to maybe the 80th minute like that, and I'll start relaxing a little bit. But with Arsenal, that's the problem with Arsenal, isn't it? I think even other teams, with, with City, you know, City go two 0 up yesterday against Leicester in a similar time frame. You turn off the TV, don't you? Probably turn it off at one yeah. 0 um, because you know, generally speaking, they'll just they'll just ruin teams, and and they don't give up the chances that we do certainly not in recent weeks um but with us you're always going to keep one eye on it because you, there's always this possibility that something can happen even this season where we've been so assured so so good um in recent weeks there's been those those slight frailties and if you go to the goal i mean i do think it's surrounded with a little bit of controversy Look, don't get me wrong i don't think we deserve to, to to win this game and and i think ultimately that's that's what we should be focusing on because that's how we that's stuff that arsenal football club can, can control right you can't control what the referee's going to do but i have to say i wasn't that bothered by it during the game but when i've watched back replays i, I cannot believe for the life of me that they didn't give a handball for it i don't know if you agree i know that understand the close proximity i do think there's some there needs to be some sort of common sense because there was two handballs in this game uh one was given to us for pretty close proximity but the reason it was given and, and the arm wasn't necessarily like way out above his head it was basically by his side the reason it's given is it's because it's basically stopping the ball going onto the goal right there's not really any difference in in in, in this in this situation we're literally breaking on an attack and rice has hit it into his hand from close proximity and it's created a penalty which if the hand wasn't there we would have been on the attack. So I find it really difficult to understand how big a moment that is for that handball to create that bigger transition for it not to be called back. I, I don't agree with the ones that are ball to hand where a guy goes up for a header and his hand's here and it hits him and he doesn't. he's looking in the other direction. I, I genuinely don't. I think it's just ridiculous. But yeah. when it's stopping, when it's creating such a goal-scoring change or a goal-scoring moment, I think you have to look at it differently. But I don't know if, if, if you agree. Do you just think it was just too close proximity? Did they even look at it? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. And um, I, I saw a clip that you shared as well on Twitter, which was kind of, you can it's from behind and you can see Rice's arm up here. It's unbelievable so, yeah, it, when you see that clip. Yeah, and also in the same clip, Rice kind of like 
glances back at the ref to see is this going to be given and again I saw last night someone making a point if West Ham went on and scored directly there's a good chance VAR reviews that and pulls it back for a handball in the build up because it's so close to the goal and it's kind of again it begs the question what are the rules what does VAR review because I think the actual penalty itself Big Gabby knows he's clumsy, and I don't think there's any complaints about the actual penalty. I know some people have said Paqueta initiates the contact, but look, we've all played football, and if someone's sliding in at you with that speed and you're running like that, it's very difficult to get out of the way. And so, yeah, for me, the the only controversy is about that handball and the build-up because I, I still think if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, that's given. And I think it just, from the handball to the penalty, it's such a short space of time that I think the ref just focuses on the next the next move and that's what costs us. But I really don't understand how that wasn't given. And yeah, to me, it's just bizarre that we didn't... Because I think it is. it was at that point of the game as well. If we got a free kick for that, ball's put down, we kick off again and the game just continues at the same walking pace that had been played at for the, I think it was 34 minutes or whatever at that point and I just don't think that West Ham get any momentum back but again I think it's we considered that first goal in the lead up to half time as well which it's it's one of those if you're going in 2-0 down people get an extra pint at half time the take an extra couple of minutes getting a lot back to their seats because you're 2-0 down you're in no real rush to get back and then the crowd start the game slowly if you've just scored before half time you're buzzing for your team coming back or you've got that bit of hope that's like what the game's all about same with the West Ham players in the dressing room you're going to pumped up with a bit of belief and think and, I, and then for the next 10 minutes before the whistle went that momentum kept going and they just seemed to have this real belief and we couldn't complete our passes. We just kind of similar to Anfield after that point, we just became very sloppy and you think Arsenal need to get in here for half time. And that all had that whistle have gone for the penalty. That just doesn't happen. But, but yeah, again, it's one of those, you have to react and be level headed at that point. And as you said with city earlier, if City concede that penalty, I think they come out and just they get a very tight control of the game, and they see it out. Possibly get a, a third before half time, but if they don't, they make sure that West Ham feel very much like the underdogs at that point. So yeah, so that, that's where I stand on that one. Yeah, we allowed the momentum to shift, and I think I think party was poor. I saw Mikel Arteta very upset with him just basically saying move the ball quicker that's that's from what it looked like to me and, and, and we were guilty of that we were guilty of taking the extra touch in areas that we just should never have taken it doing little flicks in our own half and again i mean that that implies there is some cockiness but i don't, I don't really think that's what it was i just think it was confidence and, and and trying to play freely but we didn't understand the game state and the, and the moment and how how large it was at the time and how long was that was left and 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 and, and just to just to be uber focused like we were in that first 10 minutes 
And I, 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 what's really frustrating is, like you said, the, the the rice looking back thing is is unbelievable. I agree with you on Paquetta. I think it's a it's a pen. I think it's really unlucky from Gabriel because he somehow drops to his knees, doesn't intend to actually even make a challenge on Paquetta, but somehow his knee caught. I, I don't mean it's very odd, but. Um, but the party one is, uh, I, I based a lot of my frustrations on party around that moment because I didn't see, and but but he, I do think he was poor. I do think he was guilty of just being caught on the ball more than once. This one was, I think, unlucky because I think he'd basically done Rice and Rice just whacked it with his hand um, away from him. I, I just, the, the turnaround from Rice just says it all for me. And if you watch the whole thing through when they actually give the penalty, I mean, the Arsenal players are absolutely gobsmacked. It's not being called back. They are, they are stunned. They're like, they're, they're literally going up to Rice and they're going, yeah, you did handle it. And Rice, but Rice is basically going, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I bet you Declan Rice could not believe they didn't call that back. I, I genuinely do think that, that he was that shocked. But again, sometimes you get what you deserve in games, you know, and well, I've been frustrated with many decisions. Brentford at home, for example, which was a ridiculous decision, but we didn't deserve to win the game. So, you know, sometimes it it goes like that in games and it, it, that's not um, any justification for it. You should get the decisions you should get uh, rightly, but... But then, yeah, like you said, that it's easy to shift that momentum back at that point for top, top teams. And we just don't seem to be having that ability at this moment in time. We we seem to have one setback and suddenly it changes the whole way we're playing. And that just wasn't the case and hasn't been the case for a large portion of this season. So it's really frustrating. We, you could tell the momentum was with them going into half time a little bit. And uh, you, you felt, you know, so many similarities to last week and you were hoping you came out with something different but another frustration um, Adam was it was really obvious that they were just looking for set pieces and they were looking for corners and throw-ins and I thought our whole back line but the whole team really was guilty of just giving them up just just giving throw-ins like way too easily when there was an out ball there was there wasn't that much pressure on the ball and we were just clearing it and I don't think there was any realization that a throw-in for them was basically a corner and that's really how their second goal happened, wasn't it? Because I think it was from a throw-in that gets cleared out and then gets pumped straight back in. And yeah. we, we, we don't, we holding and Ben White are both guilty of just not, not getting out early enough. And then you could argue Ramsdale's guilty as well. I don't know yeah. if you've got any other arguments there. Yeah, I think so. I was, I was talking about this one yesterday and uh, the the thing that wasn't flagged for their goal is we should have had a free kick before that throw-in. So Gabriel Jesus is he's being held. I think it's so far he's got an arm around him. He actually takes his boot off because he's standing on his head, and uh, he goes down. He's holding his face. So I think he got some kind of scratch on his face or whatever. Who knows? But his boot actually comes off because he's being stood on and there was absolutely nothing made of it. I think he's in a bit of disbelief that he hasn't got the free kick. And, um, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. The, um, the minute they get that through, we need to be switched on. We need to be focused. And I think Gabriel is, he, he doesn't see Bowen behind him. He's, I think the Arsenal back four were focused on getting out and there were quite a few West Ham players in offside positions but they didn't see Bowen who kept himself onside very well and then for me Ramsdale has to save that he's had all the plaudits in recent weeks for how good he's been but you can't get a hand to that ball and push it onto the post I think it was it was a fairly weak shot and it was one of those when it hits the back of the net, you almost can't believe it's gone in. So, especially in such a big moment of the game, too. So, yeah, so 
what did you think about Ramsdale in that moment? Well, I think he should save it. I don't think he expects him to shoot on on first touch. I don't, but he should. You know, he's got to be yeah. ready for that. Um, yeah, I, I you you make a great point. I think I did um, mention that in a, in a in a tweet. I thought it was unbelievable again that Gabriel Jesus doesn't get. I mean, his boots literally off. He's not taking his boot off himself for starters. So that's a little hint. But I think that literally leads to the throw in, and then it's a goal from there. So again, it's frustrating uh, because the two moments they had, while whilst I think they probably deserved a point, um, were 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 you know really frustrating. Um, moments because they probably both goals had a real big argument for not standing I think but then you know I think Ramsdale definitely should save it like you said applaud it's he's had but he should be saving that he should be tipping that around the post and I think Holding and Ben White are just guilty of sleeping really and and, and not and not again it, it really it mimics what we were doing since their first goal in in just not being fully switched on not being really realizing you know the 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 magnitude of the moment really and that, yeah. it's just very frustrating. I, I felt we were we were quite passive. It, it just again, like I, I keep comparing us to City here, but City just looked like they had a job to do against Leicester, and we came out very much like that. And then we just seemed to. I, I don't think it was so much. I, when I say overconfidence, it was. I feel like we thought the game, it was. It probably was too easy for us. We were popping it around. We were getting that control. But we just, we didn't look like we wanted to cut them open to go for the third and really play with that intensity. And I think that was the same at the back where we didn't have our usual aggression. We didn't have, I think you made a great point as well about just hoofing it out of play for throw-ins when we were playing straight into their biggest strength we were too willing to give those balls away. And in general, we were very poor at winning the second ball. And when we did, we weren't winning it. We were putting it out of play. So, and the same happened against Liverpool. I think all kind of four of Liverpool's big chances in the second half came from us not winning the second ball. And it's very, very basic stuff, but it's it's stuff that we've been doing all season. So I, I get that this is a young team, but this is a young team that's done that all season. So they're good enough. They know what they're doing. And maybe that's where the changes come in. And we noticed Saliba not being there. We noticed Sinchenko not being there. But again, these are the very basics of football. These are the fundamentals that you're taught from your five years old playing like in the park. It's kind of, if you can't win the first, you win the second. And we didn't get the ball down. We didn't play it out from the back as we usually do. That zip wasn't there in our game. And I think Partey had probably his worst game of the season. It's, he has had a couple of poor performances, but to the point I actually thought Jorginho was very good when he came on and he gave us much more control, which I don't think I've seen that at all this season where Partey's come off and I thought Jorginho's looked like an upgrade on him. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but... I think a big part of it was the aggression and that that clinicalness at both ends of the pitch. Sometimes you just need your your defenders to really play on the front foot. And I thought we were getting deeper. So even when we had the ball, we were still kind of dropped 10 yards back inside our own half when we were playing it. So it meant a lot of our play was in and around the halfway line and kind of in the middle third. 
and we weren't really pushing them back into the box because as the game went on, they were playing the old two banks at four, the, the Moyes classic, and we just we weren't taking advantage of that. We weren't we didn't look like we had that cutting edge. Yeah. So, yeah, so I feel sorry to interrupt you. Um carry on, carry on. No, no, I was just gonna ask like, where do you think it went wrong from there? Do you, do you agree with that? or do you Yeah, think I, I that... do agree with that. And I think there was two key moments in the game. I think, what, and they both went against us. One was the, the, the penalty for, for them and the other was the penalty for us. And, uh, and you know, you, you score that at 2-1 and uh, I don't think they come back from it. And But there was this feeling that we, not that we didn't deserve that penalty, but that, you know, we, we just weren't playing well enough to... to, to, to to get another two goal lead and I, I was much more nervous with Saka stepping up to that penalty than I have been for I think it's his first penalty that he's missed for Arsenal I want to yeah say. it is you know so, so I'm not I'm not frustrated with him but I did find it I was kind of watching it I remember watching it going like oh God, he's been really poor today so let's just hope he can put a penalty away and that then I mean the last thing you want, you know, Salah missed one last week. It happens to the best of players. So, um, but you, you just you've got to get it on target. I'd rather you miss it on target than, than put it wide and away. It was, I don't know how close it was. I'm not seeing the angle, but um, not close enough, obviously. But it was um, as soon as that happened, you felt that was another big moment, and um, and you felt that was going to go against us possibly because we weren't creating enough to to think ah oh, we're just going to get more chances. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we should discuss that a little bit like um i don't think saka's a confidence player i have absolutely no worries about how he's going to play in the next game to be honest or the one after that he'll turn up when we need him will everyone else that's my concern i think he's done enough over the last two or three years to to back him on that to be honest that's what that's where i'm at though i do think he's been quite poor in the last two games and i do think he should have been the first attacking substitution off and i think it would have given him I had a uh, discussion with uh, someone someone online, and and then they said, you know, they they thought they kept Arteta, Arteta kept him on just to, you know, keep that confidence in him. And I was like, he, he knows he's got, he, he knows Arteta's got the confidence in him. Uh, for me, it's more when I watch him at the moment. I feel he looks fatigued. I feel he looks a bit drained. He's played most minutes than any of our attacking players by some distance. I think. Um, I don't know if you if you have similar concerns with Saka. What did you think of his performance? Yeah. Do you have bigger concerns for the for the short term, long term. No, I, I don't have bigger concerns. I completely agree with what you've said there. I think he should have been the first sub. I, I still can't get my head around Gabriel Jesus coming off when he did. I think he had a, a tricky five, ten minutes before he came off, but he was our best player in the first half and the best player on the pitch by quite some distance. So I think he, although he was having a tricky five or ten minutes, he was caused, he was still throwing himself into challenges. He was still causing problems and making them deal with things so for me Saka was just having a really poor game and I, I think he's bounced back from the penalty miss at the Euros if he was hooked and Arsenal went on to win the game I, I don't think that penalty affects him at all I think it's one of those him staying on the pitch and continuing to have a poor game that's maybe going to make him feel worse than had he have been the first sub and Trossard comes on and sets up Jesus and he scores the winner, then that penalty miss is forgotten about because it's just part of the game. So I'm not worried about Saka with confidence. I think he'll bounce back, but I think he has been very poor in the last couple of games and maybe it's a bit of a hangover from the amount he's played recently, but now with one game a week, I, I think he should be able to handle that. And 
possibly one of the concerns we have is we don't have a natural replacement for him. I know Trossard can play there, so that that's possibly why Arteta went with Jesus rather than Saka. So, but then again, Reese Nelson's played there before. I think we do have options, and we need to trust we can win a game without him, especially when he's not playing well because. He he really didn't do anything yesterday, and I, I had exactly the same feeling with the penalty. First, I had a fear about Jesus stepping up when I when he was holding the ball. I thought his penalty record's actually really poor. Yeah, and um, then when Saka stepped up, I, I just had this niggly feeling. But I, I do kind of have that every time Arsenal have a yeah, penalty. Yeah, I don't uh, So, so yeah, it was. I, it's hard to kind of sum up how I feel about the penalty because I, I didn't expect him not to hit the target. I think that's the bit. It's one of those he's gone for top ends there and just get it on target. You're not playing well. Things haven't gone quite your way today. And again, when Saka's not playing well, one of the reasons why I've got faith that he's going to bounce back against Southampton is it's not like when... I don't know, Aubameyang wasn't playing well and he was just walking around the pitch or Lacazette wasn't playing well because he had run out of steam. With Saka, it's he's still working for the team. He's still trying to go at defenders. It's just things aren't quite coming off the way they normally do. And we're used to him playing at such a high level every week. Whenever he has a bad game, it's a bad game by his standards, which are usually so high. So that's why I don't have the concern. But... Uh, it, in terms of confidence, do you, do you think it'll have any effect going into Southampton? I think it might help him. I honestly do. I think he's been a little bit off for two or three games. I don't think he was great at Liverpool. Um, I think he's been a little bit off. And I think he deals with, he's proven he deals with adversity really well. He, he's not a confidence player. I think Martinelli on the other side is more of a confidence player. If he goes two or three games without a goal, I look at Martinelli and go, we need to get him one. With Saka, I, I have real no concerns if he's having three or four games where he's a bit quiet because I just know he'll show again. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if, if we play well and, you know, win, I wouldn't be surprised if he bags a brace or something like that in the next one. But I, I, I just think um, he'll look at this and he'll he'll take it to heart possibly a little bit and say, you know, he feels like he's maybe deep down, he, he might feel like he's let us down a little bit. And that I think that will just all work in his favour. I just hope it works collectively in the team's favour because we, we need to improve, improve collectively. But no, him, him individually, I don't have any concerns. I see all the rubbish on, online. I, I just don't, I don't buy into it. I don't look at it. I think people being, you know, they'll they'll wait for a while to, to, to say something like that about Bakai Saka, but He's the best player England have got. He's, I think he's our best player for for majority of the season. Him alongside Odegaard, I think. Yeah. He, he, you know, and and uh, and I think he'll bounce back. But we, we collectively, we we obviously need to do more. I, I do I agree with you on the reason else. I think you make a great point about Saka and and just the side or Mikel Arteta believing that we can win without him at moments of you know it's struggling moments I do think there's there's something to that because I do think you know he's just really reluctant at really high uh, t- I think you know Reese Nelson on for Saka at 60-65 would have had no problem with that Reese Nelson's shown he's been an impact sub this season that's where he's at his best Saka was having an off day you know just go get, give him give him 25 minutes off we've got a game on Friday it's you know it's, it's, it's a quicker turnaround let's just give him you know it, it, I didn't think we were going to get anything more of that there was that chance 
just before the just after we went two two, where it was it was Saka running running in on goal, and it, you could he just cut inside, and usually he's making the goalkeeper really make a make a save for that at the very least, and he just plays it into into the goalkeeper's hands, and you're just watching that going, yeah, it's just not the the same Bakayo Saka we're seeing. He's yeah. just a little bit off. Um, he's doing you know a lot of the right things, but he's just a little bit off in a final third. Just get him off and get something fresh on, and let Cresswell deal with something different. And I just yeah. think he missed the trick there, but. I, I think with that chance as well, it's it's one of those, it's just after he's missed the penalty, but he carries that ball really well up the pitch. He didn't look tired whenever he was he started going. He carried it really well. And uh, I think it's Cresswell. He's shown him onto his right. And usually a confident Saka just like, he kind of feigns left, pushes it right, and he unleashes that shot. We've seen it against Leeds. We saw it against... Uh, against Everton when he put it in the top corner roof of the net with his right foot that he can strike them very cleanly with his right foot and I think as you say at the very least he makes the keeper make a save and it was a really limp effort and I think that was the point where it's just like yeah get him off get someone fresh on and it was just it was one of those games that was very out of character for him and I think the penalty miss maybe affected him in the immediacy of it but long term I don't have any concerns but overall how how did you find the substitutions because that's one of the things for me that had an impact on the game I agree I agree and I I didn't love them and I I didn't love the ones against Liverpool too where where he took off Jesus I reasoned with the Jesus one against Liverpool because I felt it was more of a fitness management thing Mm -hmm. but he was really at that point it was our only outlet in this one I I mean I don't get me wrong Trossard would have been my first sub on but I think it was my issue was who he was taking off Um, you know he took Martinelli off I thought Martinelli was was very dangerous in the first half. I felt he he had his fullbacks number a little bit more than Saka. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me. He's our probably best goal scorer at this moment in time, and we need a goal. It felt odd to me that one. So I think the players coming off at the timing of them felt odd. Even party. I mean, I thought Jorginho did well, but I remember saying at that moment I was like. I'm not convinced taking party off is going to, because they're quite physical in there. And I, I just felt in order to progress the ball and progress it quickly, putting Jorginho on didn't really have a problem with, but maybe maybe bringing Xhaka off or, or something like that would, would have made a little bit more sense just so we could could get control of the game again. I just found that the players we took off um, a little bit, it's difficult, but I would have brought on Nelson earlier and for Saka, I would have brought on Trossard, but not for... Um, for Jesus at that moment in time, um, I just found the subs, um, the players we took brought off at the moments we did a little bit, a little bit odd. What about you? Yeah, exactly the same there. Um, and what, one of the the ones I have is I, what's with Smith Rowe right now? Because as West Ham got deeper, I thought that's the kind of game where Smith Rowe could really make an impact. I would have rather have seen him than Fabio Vieira, who I still can't work out Vieira because. He's clearly got talent, but again, he came on yesterday and he, he was he didn't really do anything. And to the point, I actually started looking for him on the pitch and he was popping off the odd pass here and there, but he, he just doesn't seem to be the kind of player that can really get a hold on a game. It's maybe that's next season where we start to see that, but 
But yeah, Smith. I wouldn't be bringing on. Sorry to interrupt. I wouldn't bring 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 be bringing on Fabio Vieira in any away game for the rest of the season unless we're winning it comfortably. I just think it's yeah. too physical. It's too big at home. Let's say, for example, we need something. Hopefully not. We need something at home against Southampton. It would make sense to me because I, I I would believe that we're sort of suffocating and we're dropping them in deep and we're trying to find passes. But in games like that, yeah, same as you. I, I didn't see the need for it. And and with Smith Rowe, yeah. just coming on that, I I think it I think it's really based off the fact that he's not fully match fit and we haven't got the time to get him fully match fit because he's the biggest games of the season. Uh, hopefully it's not anything more than that, but the summer's yeah. going to be critical for him. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I, I think the other one, I, as you mentioned, Shaka, whenever we won that free kick in 85 and Odegaard was the one that was hooked for Enkeria, at first I thought Enkeria should have been on at least five minutes before he did come on because I thought he's someone that could pin that West Ham defence back a bit. He can get in amongst them in the box. But when we get a free kick in that position, there's only one player I want taking it, and it's Martin Odegaard. And he walked away with the Man of the Match award. And it's... So for him to be the one that... You're taking off your best creator for your most natural striker. It was, for me, get Shaka off in that position. And then... So, yeah, I, I think the players that came on, I didn't so much have an issue with it. It was more the players that came off because I think Odegaard didn't have his best game by his standards. I, I think I've seen a lot of people online saying that he was terrible and everything, which he wasn't. But I felt he was the one that was trying to get us going and things. His teammates weren't just quite clicking. Because he made a lot of carries. He, he was really trying to progress the ball, but it just wasn't happening. But actually, he had a lot of touches yesterday. I think he completed something like 89% of his passes. And he was creating chances. He obviously came away with a goal. But, he, well, not so much chances, but he was creating opportunities to lead to chances. And I think... The first goal went away, didn't off. he? yeah. And we gave so, it to Ben White, so it's like pre-assist, I guess. But um, I'd never take him off. I mean, he's our, he's our best footballer. He's our te- the technical brain of the team. I, I, I genuinely wouldn't. I have a final five nil up. I'm not taking Odegaard off. I think he's that good. I just I just wouldn't take him off. Yeah. I just wouldn't take. I, every time I see him come off, I just go, Nah, not having it unless we're unless we're winning comfortably. But but yeah, look, it's 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 a poor result. There's no other way of looking at it. We've lost momentum. We're four points clear though. And my dad's he's a very I feel like I'm a pessimistic Arsenal fan, but my dad, I tell you, he's really pessimistic. And um <laughs> and he's like, Well, you know, we're we're blowing it with this, that, the other. Like, well, yeah, we we may have done. We may have done, but we've not yet, on 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 paper at least. And um and you know, look, it looks like an uphill task. I mean it really does, but but we're four points clear and we got the chance of going seven points clear on, on Friday. Uh, Man City don't play this week. I mean they do play, but not in the league this week. Um so their next league game's against us on the following Wednesday. Um, I just think you know. Look, we, it, the, the frustration here is, the, 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 and this is where perspective maybe is needed a little bit. We're, we're we've won seven out of the last nine, and we've drawn two, and we've lost we've lost momentum, and we've 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 lost points on the team that's chasing us and has been chasing us all season. I mean, we we do have to understand that this is a team like no Arsenal team in past when we've won it has really ever come up against. It's a in fairness, a financially dope team that skewed what is actually good and, and 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 very good in a league table, 
and they're notorious for doing unbelievable things in the last 10, 12 games of the season. They've done it for four out of the last five seasons. Um, this season look, looks like another one of those. The one season they didn't do it, they were injury ravaged and they lost the league by about 18 points. Um, and they had a really poor season. They lost nine games that season. So when people say things like, oh, you know, Liverpool did it, Liverpool did it against this City team. That was the poor City team. This isn't the poor City team. That was the poor City team. I think it's important to to, to put that out there. They've had the least injuries in the league in terms of uh, minutes lost per, per, per starting players. And um, they've got the biggest squad in the league. So it's, you know, a lot of things in that sense have worked in their favour. We're probably, if we do what we think we should do and win the games we should win, we're probably going to end up with about the same or maybe even more points than the Invincible season. Um, and uh, probably with more goals scored, well, definitely with more goals scored than the Invincible season. I think we only scored about 73 or 75 in that season. Um, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but really what I'm trying to say to you is um, there has to be a little bit of perspective here. And also, we can't, can't throw it in yet because everyone else is going to do that for us. If no one else is going to believe, we've got to believe a little bit, haven't we? 100%. And I, I think, yeah, we... we... City are obviously a winning machine. They have been for for the last five years, as you said. However, I saw something on Twitter the other day that every one of those seasons when they've won the league, they've dropped an average of five points in the run-in in the last eight games. So, Other than one, I yeah. Think, yep, sorry, Karen. So, yep. so, yeah, so if um, so City have won, what, eight in a row now? Yeah, and something like eight, that. And they've got eight games left. If they win 16 games on the bounce... They deserve to win the league. And you can't say Arsenal have bottled that. It's, I think, the City team that we're seeing right now, Haaland's banging in goals for fun. He's about to break the record, goal-scoring record, and he's still eight games shy. He scored, what, two more goals than Thierry Henry ever scored in the Premier League season, which it's he's on the same number as Ronaldo's highest season. So when you think they've got a player of that quality up front... Plus, you've got Mares, Grealish, De Bruyne, all those players around him. And you've got Julian Alvarez coming off the bench to see games out. It, it kind of sums up what we're up against. But I do think City will drop a point somewhere unexpectedly. Be in against the same us. Way, Be against us. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If, if we beat City at the Etihad, which is a tall ask, but... It's two football sides playing against each other and the Etihad doesn't have the intensity that Anfield has. So it, it will be, it'll come down to football and sort of, I guess, I would say football and ruthlessness as opposed to ability. I think both teams can play the same style of football. It's just, even at the Emirates, we played the better football for long periods. We had a lot more of the ball, but City were just very ruthless with the three goals they scored. And, I think they will drop points somewhere because they go to Bayern now. It's a case of seeing out the game, but then they've got the FA Cup semi-final. Then they've got two legs against Real Madrid, which that's not going to be an easy game like they've just had against Bayern. That's going to be a real battle. And it depends how they bounce back from that. So really, if we're talking about them winning 16 games in the league, we're potentially talking about them winning over 20 in a row if they're going to win the Champions League and FA Cup as well. So when you factor in the amount of winning they have to do, if they do it all, you're talking about probably the best side of all time. 
but yet all season we've heard City aren't at it. So it is just ridiculous the the press around it. But yeah, I'm. I guess my hopes have been dampened slightly, but I'm still going to believe right until the end. And because it's, I guess it's about 2008 the last time we were really in the mix for a title. And um, it was at this point where things started to fall away. But I think on the whole, we've got a more balanced squad than we did then. And I mean, this is where we want to be as Arsenal fans. It's not competing for fourth place. It's having a conversation about whether we're going to win the league and whether we can see it out and go to City and beat them. I mean, when was the last time we really talked like this? Even in 2013-14, when we were ahead for quite a while, going away against the big teams always felt we were going to get beaten whereas this year it's only Old Trafford that we've been beaten away and it's like against the, the top teams and only City have beaten us at home so when you put it into that perspective I mean we're in an, still in an incredible position and if we can bounce back quickly against Southampton I'm still going to believe I'm still going to be hopeful right until the end and I, I think the City games now become really important because it is that six-pointer. And if City beat us, it becomes extremely difficult to win the league and we're, it's then in their hands. Whereas if we beat City, it's very much in ours. But both teams still have tough games to come. I think we've got the more obviously tough games on paper with Newcastle away and City away. However, they still have to go to Brighton and Brentford and places like that, which... They're not nice grounds to go to. And those teams are fighting for uh, Brentford more so uh, Europa League, which would be absolutely massive. Even if they got conference, it would be huge, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, so we never expect to see Brentford in the Prem. Imagine seeing them playing European football. And even Brighton, the, the fact that they're in the mix for top four, they're going to That's be fantastic. for everything. And We've the way got to play them as well, playing, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm more confident because we play them at home. However, yeah, it's um, it's one of those City, they're going to be scrapping for every ball against City. And they don't fear big teams in the way some other teams do. So I, I don't think they fear anyone. So they should have beaten Spurs last week. Tottenham were very, very lucky in that game. Yeah. So I, I think it's the kind of game where they could give City a real run for their money so so yeah I, I i where do you stand on city do you think they'll win every game as a because it's kind of being i did say the other day i said uh i said i think the way they're playing i could see them doing it but i did say also i said if, if they're not going to do it against anyone i have to believe it's going to be us because i believe we're the best team they're going to come up against and i can include yeah. the europe i include the european teams in that i think it's just so vital that when we when we go there we play um, they're not going to be able to play like they did against us at, 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 at the Emirates. And they have multiple ways in which they can play, but they had about 33 possession. They're not going to be able to play that way, especially if we be, if we beat Southampton. They're not going to be able, they get they, they have to win that game. They're not going to be able to play that way. They played that way and they 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 played on the side of we're going to make an error and we did make the errors, but they basically not played that way all season. So what they'll bring up against us, but I, I expect you'll see more of a typical Man City performance um, against us. So, um, but look, I mean. Um, nothing's changed in the sense of what we need to do. We needed to get something at the Etihad. We still need to get something at the Etihad. Um, 
We may need a win at the Etihad. That's a tall order, like you said. Um, if you could have any game after these two games, and it's not saying anything against Southampton, I think they could be dangerous. But you'd want a home game against the the, the team that's bottom of the table. You you yeah. probably would want that, right? So we have to look at that and and be really up for it. I hope the crowd are really up for it. We're going to need them more than anything. It was great to go to a game for the first time in about four years a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic the atmosphere was terrific against Leeds and uh, we need to bring it it's disappointing but I think a large group of the fan base realise um, you know how how privileged we've been this season and that there is still possibly and hopefully some really big moments to go so before I let you go because you've got a couple of minutes is um, and it's been really good chatting about it um, what's your predictions for it's Friday I believe the game um, what's your yeah. prediction for the Friday Friday night game uh, we've got to bounce back mate yeah um, I'm going to go confident and go with 4-0 because I think Arteta is going to drum it into them that after they get that early goal, they need to go out and kill Southampton and get over that hurdle. But if it's a 1-0 win, I'm going to take that in the same way. So, But I, I'm confident that we'll, at home, with the Emirates crowd fully behind them, it's our first home game in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go with uh, a 4-0 win. And hope because we need we also need to keep a clean sheet, and I think that's the other thing that he's going to really drill into them there. And I'm also hoping that Saliva's going to be back. So oh, that'd be huge. I'm, so, not, yeah. I'm not confident in it, but that would be huge. Um, oh, yeah. if he's not back for that, I don't think he's coming back for the City game. And I'll be I'll be wondering when we're going to see him this season. To be honest, because you can't just throw him in against City. He needs 30, yeah. 40 minutes, doesn't he? Uh, who's your first scorer for that game? We usually get four nil. Or Neil, who would be first score? I'm going to go with Martinelli. Martinelli. So, so yeah. So what what are you thinking for this one? I'll go. Um, I, I'm I'm never that optimistic, but I, I'll go. I'll go two nil, and that is optimistic. Clean sheet isn't been something we've been keeping, but um, and I'll go Saka. Like I said, I, I think he'll, he'll if he's playing, he bounce back. He, he might he might rest him. There's a possibility he does, but I I don't think he will. So um, I think I'll go two nil Saka, but. Just like you said, any win. I think the goal difference thing is gone. To be honest, in in my head, it's gone. They they're just yeah. too free flowing and scoring, and 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 it's going to be hard to to make that up. But but um, you know, it's all about point total, really. I don't really care about the goal difference. But we are conceding, like you said, we're conceding too many goals. So it would be really nice to 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 get something like a clean sheet. But just any win, any any win would be fantastic at this stage. We've got to bounce back. We've had those three games in earlier in the season where we, I think we we, we lost to Everton, we drew at home to Brent. For it took us three games to get out of that. Um, it's been two now. We, we we can't allow it to be a third. We we have to we have to beat Southampton at home. We have to go into the Man City game um, seven points seven points clear of them. I think um, it could be you know it could could be a big thing going in like that. So fingers crossed, mate. I will let you go, Adam Keys underscore on Twitter. Um, just quickly before I go, you're doing a new podcast. You're part of a new podcast. Do you want to give that a little plug? Yeah, so um, I'm the new co-host of the Arsenal Therapy podcast, which has been running with it for a couple of years. So yeah, so um, you can find it on Twitter at the Arse Therapy, I believe. Arse Therapy Pod. So yeah, it is Arse Therapy Pod. So yeah, cheers, mate. So yeah, you can find us over there and uh, we'll be doing uh, a pod after every game and I'll also continue to hop on here whenever Jack invites me on. So yeah, so thanks for uh giving us the chance to give the the other one a plug. And oh, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be on here soon. 
I'll be tuning in. I, di- I didn't see, I see a lot of your posts. I didn't see that. I'll miss that, but I'll be, I'll be making sure I tune in. I love an instant reaction podcast. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. We're on at Purely Arsenal FP at Twitter and we are at, um, Purely Arsenal on YouTube. Most people are listening to us through podcast streams and James, Neil and all the other guys will be back in the future. Fingers crossed for Friday. Friday, three points, please, going into the Etihad where we're going to smash City up the Arsenal. Thank you, Adam. 